Psalm 30 and verse 5, I want to talk today about the covenant of favor. Say that with me. Covenant of favor. Amen. Did you know you and I have a covenant of favor? This is what the word of the Lord said in Psalm 30 and verse 5. If you don't have a Bible, look at the screen. It says, for his anger is but for a moment. His favor is for what? Life. Weeping may endure for a night, but joy comes in the morning. Now we know that part of the verse a little bit better than we do the first part. But I want to talk about the middle part. I want to talk about his favor is for life. Because if God's favor is life, then his favor equals life. I want you to think about that with me for a minute. Because in John 10.10, Jesus said the thief doesn't come but to steal, kill, and destroy. But then he introduced life. He said, I've come that they might have life and have it how? More abundantly. And that word in the Greek is zoe, which means I've come that they may have the God kind of life and the God kind of life abundantly or overflowingly. In other words, so much you can't even contain it. So it is your covenant right, my covenant right, to operate in favor or the zoe kind of life. So thinking about that, go with me in your minds to Daniel. Daniel was a captive held in Babylon. Babylon was the world system conquering every nation at that time. Jerusalem, because of her sin, was taken away. And all of the noblemen and all of the intelligent men and all the wealthy men, everybody of any prominence was taken out of Jerusalem and brought to Babylon. And they were enlisted in the service of the king of this heathen nation. Daniel in chapter 1 and verse 9 found something in Babylon that others didn't find. Daniel found something in Babylon. As a matter of fact, Daniel chapter 1 and verse 9 says, he literally walked into favor. And when he walked into favor, write this down, when he walked into favor, the captive was transformed into the captain. That was the only reason that his life changed from servitude to dominion. Because he walked into favor. And I'm suggesting to us this morning that as the body of Christ, we can walk into favor today. So no matter what it is, your current condition, it might be captive like Daniel. Maybe lost some things. Maybe have gone through some troubles, trials, some tribulations. But it's all right because the circumstance will not dictate your future. Who you know and who you don't know does not dictate your future. It's what you walk into. And Daniel walked into favor, and the captive was transformed into a captain. That means then, if you can walk into favor, there must be some people who can avoid favor. And if you're in favor, if you can walk into it, that means you can also walk out of it. So how do you stay in your covenant of favor? And over the next couple of weeks, I want to share with us some very simple points on how to operate in the covenant of favor. Because Proverbs chapter 29 and 26 say, says this, Many seek the ruler's favor, 
But justice for man comes from the Lord. I think today there has been an overemphasis in the body of Christ about networking. I've been to a lot of conferences and seminars with pastors and church leaders, and the speakers are constantly encouraging people to get networking in your life. In other words, it's not what you know, but it's who you know. And if you get the right person, you're one connection away from your breakthrough. Well, now, you know, that sounds real good. And you know, it is true in part, but it's not true in whole. And as the body of Christ, we have forsaken our connection with God's favor because we feel like if we can get to meet the right person, they're going to help promote us. If we can just get the right resume into the right hand, they're going to give us the job. If we can just meet the right amount of people in my life, I'm going to get accepted to that elite college. In other words, we've been convinced in this hour that favor comes from man and not necessarily from God. But I want to show you in the Word again, in Proverbs, it says, Many seek the ruler's favor, but justice for man comes from the Lord. So I'm just looking at turning our attention back to try to acquire, once again, God's favor over our life. God's favor over a generation. God's favor over a church, over a city. You see, I believe we are postured for a great revival in northeastern Ohio. I believe, and I don't know when I'm going to preach it, but the Holy Ghost gave me a prophetic word this morning in prayer. That's why you need to pray. Not only do you need to pray for the souls of those that are not saved, pray for the needs of those that are sick, but when you're in an atmosphere of prayer, the Holy Ghost will begin to reveal to you truth. And that truth will come via revelation. And that revelation will be inspirational. And suddenly it will change your life forever. And I'm telling you, on the heels of intercession, on the heels of prayer, heartfelt prayer, God is going to open something up that has been imprisoned. God is going to release something that has been chained and shackled and it's been near to us, but it can't get from where it is to where we need it because it's being held back by the established government of this age. But I know that God has something for us. And part of it is our understanding of favor. It's time that you and I walk through the door of the covenant of favor. You and I have got to begin to make a conscious effort. This week, I'm walking through the door of the covenant of favor. I'm going to walk into it just like Daniel walked into it. I'm going to walk into it to the level and to the degree that when I came in as a captive, I was promoted as a captain. Suddenly now, I was the answer for Babylon's trouble. And we know that Daniel was elevated into a place of, of government control over the that nation because favor was upon him. The first point that I want to discuss with you today on how to walk in the favor of God is get addicted to the kingdom. If I could do it, I'd fill up a vial today of kingdom juice and I'd be your friend for a night. I'd wine and dine you, and just about the time when you're feeling real good, I'd inject you. Because you see, I'm a pusher for the kingdom of God. And I want all God's people to be so addicted 
that they got to come back to the pusher and get a little bit more word. I want the, high, the body of Christ so on fire for God that they get up in the morning and if they didn't get their fix of the Holy Ghost, they start shaking and they start sweating and they start hungering and they start looking because they've got to have it. <laughs> Some of you don't know what I'm talking about. See, you've never been a drug user. You've never been a drinker of alcohol. You don't understand what I'm talking about. But I'm telling you, I'm saying how to walk in the favor of God. Say it with me. Get addicted to the kingdom. Say it again. Get addicted to the kingdom. Not the kingdoms of this world. For the Bible said the kingdoms of this world shall become the kingdoms of His Christ and of our Lord. There is a paradigm shift happening and it's all predicated upon the body of Christ that's getting addicted to the kingdom. Psalm 102 verse 13 says, You will arise and have mercy on Zion for the time to favor her. (laughs) The time to favor her. Yes, the set time has come. I believe we're living in a set time. I believe this is a moment that God prophetically is releasing a set time where God's people who are hungry, who are addicted to the kingdom, will begin to walk into supernatural favor from God. For your servants take pleasure in her stones and show favor to her dust. Now when I read that I said, God, how is it that a man or a woman walking into the favor of God comes because they show interest to stone and dirt. That intrigued me. I said, God, I think I'm getting it. I think I understand something. Lord, I understand that favor is released to those who are addicted to dust and stones. Now that made me wonder... In other words, the lowly things, the lowly people, those that don't have anything, those that are trodden down, those that are walked upon, those are the the, the lowest elements of people in this generation, those that take delight, those that have an interest in the ones that nobody else has an interest in. I'm talking about the real addicted people, the alcoholics and the drug addicts and the prostitutes and the down and outers and the homosexuals and those that are living in abject poverty and those that have been imprisoned and those that are sick and diseased. God said those that have an interest in the dust and the stones, I'm going to favor her. So you see, our addiction to the kingdom is essential. It is essential to walking into the favor of the Lord. Those who favor God's cause on the earth. Those who favor the stones and the dust of Zion are launched into divine favor. This is what I like to call the favor window. The favor window. I like what Pastor Troy said for the offering. He said going into that crawl space, there was a hatch. There was one way in and there was one way out. There was no other access to that space but by the door that had been provided. Can I say with us today that there is no other way to access favor but through the window 
that's been provided. And the window that I believe is provided for the body of Christ today is that we would get addicted to the kingdom of God. We would become addicted to what God's addicted to. We would become hungry and thirsty for that which God longs for. As He spoke over Jerusalem, Oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, how I would have gathered you under my wings like little chicks, but you would not. You see, Jesus was addicted to the lost. He was addicted to the downtrodden. He was addicted to the possessed. He was addicted. And religion didn't like his addiction. Every time they found Jesus with the stones and the dust, they would remark about how he was defiling himself. Called him a wine-bibber. Called him one that hangs out with sinners. Well, if he knew who that woman was that was touching him right now, he would leave this room. Jesus knew who was touching him. He couldn't help but be touched because he was addicted. He was addicted to those who had no hope, who could find no help, who were caught in the web of sin and who were already positioned for destruction. How do you walk in favor today, church? Get addicted to the kingdom of God. Get addicted to the kingdom of God. As I drove into church this morning, I looked up and there was a man sitting on the second floor of a duplex. He didn't have any porch furniture. He was sitting right on the deck. He had a pair of shorts on with no shoes and no shirt. His hair was all gruffed up because he had just gotten out of bed, no doubt. And he was sitting there smoking a cigarette. And the Holy Spirit spoke to me and he said, he's one of the insects in the trees. Tell the church if they get addicted to the kingdom and turn their light on, he'll come from where he is and he will be attracted to the light. You see, this is a generation that's looking for direction, but it requires for us to become addicted to the kingdom. Lift your hand up with me and say, Father, in the name of Jesus, make me, make me an addict of thy kingdom in Jesus name so we're talking about becoming addicted to what God is addicted to genuine stewardship always provokes the release of divine favor for when you and I seek first the kingdom of God Matthew 6 and 33 when you and I seek first now I have not been addicted to crack cocaine I had been in my early days prior to being saved as a young teenager addicted to marijuana. I was addicted to uppers. I was addicted to alcohol. Those were before Christ years. And I know what it was like a little bit when you were addicted. I've watched enough movies on drugs to know that when a person is a cocaine addict, when they wake up in the morning, the first thing they do is not let out the dog or take out the cat. It's the first thing they do, you see, is not to read the headlines or turn on CNN. The first thing is not to read their Bible or somehow call mom and see how she's doing. The first thing is, where am I going to get my fix today? It drives them. It is on their mind. It is the first thing. 
And the Bible says in Matthew 6, verse 33, But seek ye, say it with me, first, say it again, first, say it again, first, seek ye what? First, the kingdom of God. See, you will never seek it first until you become addicted. <laughs> you can always tell an addicted Christian. They're just a little bit edgy. You know, they're, they're like waiting on the worship team to get started. They're like... You can tell them. You know, they walk in, they're like... I'm doing good. How are you doing? I just got to get some more Jesus. <laughs> you give yourself away. <laughs> and, then, and, then, and then when the worship starts and the preaching gets going, you're like, yeah, man. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you're like, oh, yeah, I'm chilling now. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, Jesus. You're good, Jesus. Oh, yeah. Woo. I love you, Jesus. And they leave different when they came in. They're kind of like, you know how they came in. They're all there. They walk out like. <laughs> and they talk in the floor. They're like, yeah, man. See you next week, man. <laughs> Seek what? First, the kingdom. First. It's the first thing on your mind. So when you and I become addicted to the kingdom, it's like possessive. It just takes over our thinking. It becomes the first. And then suddenly the Bible says, when you and I do that, all these other things. Come on, say it with me. All these other things. Come on, do it like me with my hands. All these other things will be what? Added to you. That's favor. That's what favor will do. Favor will add all these other things to you and your life. Woo! I don't understand why the body doesn't want to take a hit of Jesus today. I don't understand why it is we're like, no, no, I don't want none of that. I know that'll make you crazy. It's like, no, that's, that's too much. That's going too far. We don't have to do all that. We don't have to be all that. I know you don't have to. Look, it's legal. And it's good. You ought to try it. And another thing, it's for free. <laughs> when I was a kid, we were always scrounging up dollars. How much money you got? I got $4.38. How much you got? Fifteen something. I'm get it all here. We're all buying our beer, buying our smoke, doing everything, having to scrounge together to buy whatever we could. The Bible says in Isaiah, hold. All who are thirsty, come to the waters and drink. All who are hungry, come on and eat. Without money, buy. Come on, without money. You see, it's free. So number one, we've got to get what? Addicted to the kingdom. And if you're not quite yet addicted, how do I become addicted, pastor? Well, you have to ingest some of it. Swallow, inhale. You know, we got a lot of Christians coming to church. You know, like one of our past presidents said, well, I smoke marijuana, but I never inhaled. You know, 
that's cute, but I don't believe you. But some folks do that, you know, like, they'll, they'll like, on, on movies, they're like smoking. I said, you didn't inhale that. I know that. I used to inhale. I know what it looks like when you inhale. So we got a bunch of Christians sitting in church. They're putting a puff of Jesus in their mouth, but they're not inhaling him. And so you just... So you're trying to fake me out, man. Look, I'm an old druggie. You can't fake this boy out. I know when you're inhaling and when you're not. Some people just sip. They just sip. I'm just tasting it. No, no. Take a big drink and swallow. Now look at your neighbor. Don't get mad if they do this. Some of you aren't going to participate. I know that because you're not high enough yet. But look at somebody. And tap on their shoulder and say, baby, I want you to inhale and I want you to swallow. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> I don't know about this preacher, man. He goes up in that church, talks about taking drugs. I heard him. I was there. I was there. He was encouraging the people to smoke weed and drink Seagram 7. I saw it. I heard it. Will you defend me, please? <laughs> in Psalm 102, in verse 15, it says, So the nations shall fear the name of the Lord, and the kings of the earth your glory. For your servants take pleasure in her stones, and show favor to her dust. In other words, they're not coerced into serving God. It was their choice and their delight to serve God. See, I'm really convinced when a church can't get volunteers... It's because they haven't had enough. When a person's had enough, you can ask them to almost do anything. They'll say, okay. I remember one night, maybe told this story before. If I did, hang on. We were a bunch of kids driving around in a car. Had a little bit too much to drink. And I was driving. That was the wrong thing to do. I know that. But I wasn't saved, so I'm just driving. Guys in the car, we were going across this country road. And they said, look, we got to go over there. Why don't you just cut across the field? I said, okay. <laughs> Next thing I knew, we were laying sideways in the ditch. Thinking, uh-oh, I'm in big trouble now. We need some people to work in the nursery. Well, Pastor, you understand. You see, I don't feel cold. No, you haven't had enough to eat, not enough to drink. You haven't inhaled. You haven't swallowed. We need, we need some people to help with the children's ministry. Uh, well, you know, we, we're, just like, we're just like in a season right now where we're just kind of, no, you just haven't had enough to, no. See, I know addicted people, and I know people that aren't addicted. So we need the church to just take a deep breath of Jesus. We're talking about walking in the favor of God. How do we walk in the favor of God? Is we get addicted to the kingdom. And we start in little pieces. You start volunteering. You start giving yourself to it. You start showing up. Start coming to prayer. Start reading your Bible. And suddenly it just, it just hungers and it thirsts. And there's something inside you that says, I've got to have more, man. I've got to have more of what, what you've been experiencing. And before you know it, it becomes the first thing that you think about in the morning. And you begin seeking the kingdom of God. And suddenly then as a result, all these other things are added onto you. Malachi chapter 3. Verse 16 says this, 
Then those who feared the Lord spoke to one another and the Lord listened and heard them. So a book of remembrance was written before him for those who fear the Lord and who meditates on his name. They shall be mine, says the Lord of hosts. On that day I'll make them my jewels and I'll spare them as a man spares his own son who serves him. So I'm going to make them my jewels. And jewels go in the crown of the king. Here's a thought for us. Unalloyed and committed service brings you into the favor of God. Say it again. Unalloyed and committed service to God brings you into the favor of the Lord. You say, Pastor, I'm not really sure what you mean by unalloyed. Some of you know what I'm talking about because alloys are additives that are brought into a mixture that did not contain it prior to the addition of that alloy. And it changes the compound. It changes the whole mixture of that which with the alloy has been added. But God says, no, unalloyed and unalloyed. In other words, your walk with God has no additives in it. It has become so pure. It has become so pure that there is nothing to change its composition. For example, in Genesis 39, in verse 22, we're talking about Joseph and the keeper of the prison committed to Joseph's hand. All the prisoners who were in the prison, whatever they did there, it was his doing. Did you know that was favor on Joseph's life? You know why Joseph had favor on his life, ladies and gentlemen? He was in the prison for 13 years, many say. You know why? Because he was falsely accused at Potiphar's house because she tried to come on to him. He left his coat in her hand. She then told the husband to save her back that he was seducing her. So the, the Potiphar took Joseph and threw him in prison. And 13 years later, Joseph there was in prison and became the charge of the prison. He carried the keys to the prison and never walked out of it, but waited on God to bring him out. He walked into favor while he was in prison. And the reason why is because he wouldn't let the alloy of bitterness to be added to his love for God. Now see, some of you are not hearing me. You've allowed the alloy of unforgiveness, the alloy of anger, the alloy of resentment, the alloy of your flesh to be mixed into your entire love for God. And as a result, you're not walking in favor. So I don't want to be a mixture. I've got to let go of unforgiveness. I've got to let go of bitterness. Joseph, Joseph avoided this amalgam of anger and bitterness and love for God. Thus favor was released and promotion resulted. Secondly, the first thing is we need to get addicted to the kingdom of God. Number two is we need to sow seeds of favor. You see, if you want a harvest of favor, you've got to sow seeds of favor. And the way to sow seeds of favor is to release them from your life. Listen to Proverbs eleven twenty seven. He who earnestly seeks good finds favor, but trouble will come to him who seeks evil. He who seeks good. Proverbs 3, 3 and 4. Let not mercy and truth forsake you. Bind them around your neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart. And so find favor and high esteem in the sight of God and man. I believe we ought to be actively engaged every day of our life on how we can release favor seeds into another person's life. 
How can I favor someone today? How can I favor my children? Maybe it's a word of encouragement. And that favor will get in them. Maybe it's, a, maybe it's a, God's calling me today to favor my neighbor by cutting their grass because I noticed they were away on vacation. So I just took it upon myself to cut their grass because I'm sowing a seed of favor. Now, why am I doing that? Because I'm a smart farmer. I realize that whatsoever a man... Come on, help me preach. Whatsoever a man... That also will he... So if I sow seeds of favor, what do you think I'm going to reap? How do I sow seeds of favor? I do it by engaging and planning and cultivating and creating opportunities to release favor into others' lives. I want people, when they come in relationship with me, to know that that is a favorable relationship. (laughs) You hang around that guy long enough, he's going to bless you. Somehow he's going to get something into you. He's either going to give you a word of encouragement, going to give you some money, that ain't bad, going to give you some help, you know you need it, going to give you some whatever protection because he has favor on his mind. You want to hang out with people who are covenant favor minded. Jesus. The Bible said, blessed are the merciful for they shall what? Preach to me. Shall what? Shall obtain mercy. They'll obtain mercy because they're merciful. So Galatians 6 and 7, whatever man sows, he's also going to reap that. So I realize today I can come into the law of reaping and sowing a favor. So if I sow in acts towards others, those are seeds. Sometimes they're words. I always try to purpose to say something good about everybody that I meet. I look for it. Sometimes I have to look hard. I'm not going to lie to you. There's sometimes it's like, Jesus, you've got to help me here. It might be their shoes. It might be the sparkle in their eye. It might be the way they're manicured their nails. It might be the color choice of how they put themselves together today. Shoes matching purse, matching nail polish. It might be the way they got their hair. I look for something, words, to be able to release favor into their life and build them up. Because I know when I cast my bread on the water, what happens? It's going to come back to me. You see, I'm a favor farmer. And I know that for me to live in this life, I've got to have favor. I can't make it with the help of man. Although sometimes God uses man for favor on my life. But it is not my primary source of favor. Can I get an amen? Amen. Listen to what Luke 6 and 31 reads. Luke 6 and 31. And just, matter of fact, let's read it together. Ready? And just as you want man to do to you, you also What do you think of that? Let's read it one more time. Ready? Read. And just as you want man to do to you, you You know what that scripture tells me? You can alter the way people relate and treat you in your life. I can make you love me. I don't know, Pastor. I've been here six months. I'm still having a hard time with you. I'm going to make you love me. Because I'm going to sow seeds of favor into your life. I'm going to do to you what I want you to do to me. And I realize on the principle of God's word, 
you're going to have to adjust your relationship to me. You see, the power of favor seeds in the life of another person, the Bible tells us that you and I can alter the very way other people treat us. I believe we can alter the way our children are responding to us. Sometimes we use a heavy hand. Sometimes we use strong words in a loud voice to try to conform them. But I believe that you can sow a seed of favor into their life. You're going to alter their personality. You see, the results are astounding when you walk in favor. I think of Noah. Noah was a righteous man, the Bible says, and judgment was coming on the earth. But Noah must have sown seeds of favor. Because I believe that when you sow seeds of favor and you become addicted to the kingdom of God, God will keep you out of trouble. Or if you get in trouble, you'll find a way out of trouble because you can't keep a man or a woman who's got favor on their life in trouble. Joseph got in trouble in Potiphar's house, but he got out of it. Got in trouble in the prison, but got out of it. You see, Noah was a man that got out of trouble. And the entire earth perished, save him and his family. Secondly, favor will distinguish you. Say that with me. Favor will distinguish you. It sets you apart from everybody else. People are attracted to you. You become blessed of the Lord. It's sort of like Mary the day that Holy Ghost showed up. He said, Hail Mary! What, what did he say? Thy favored... A favored what? One among? Y'all don't know your Bible. Come on. He said, hey Mary, you're favored among all women. Favor will distinguish you. I talked to a man this week. In the economy of job loss, over 13.5% in Lorraine. Unemployment. He said, Pastor, I got to tell you what happened. 80 applicants. You're looking at the new hire right here. I got the job. I said, favor. Because favor will distinguish you from 79 other people. I like watching favor. I don't care if it's at Target, McDonald's. Doesn't matter to me. When I walk in, I say, favor, go to work. This line's way too long and I ain't got time. <laughs> you got to help me. And then there's this little girl, she come up there, you know. Can I help you, sir? Oh, uh, excuse me. Do you mind? No, go ahead. Oh, thank you. Favor! Sometimes that even works with parking spots. How many know what I'm talking about? I mean, I'll pull in the parking lot and never expect to park at the outer end. I never expect to do that because I'm favored of the Lord. There should be one to reserve, you know. When I come in, something ought to pop up out of the asphalt and says, reserve for Lewis Cayetan. That's how I feel. Because when I, when I pull in the, I pull in the parking lot, I'm like, okay, where is it at? Where is it at? Oh, there it is. And I get out of the car and just feel guilty. You know, he loves me. I'm sorry. Sorry, folks. I can't help it. I'm just favored. 
It distinguishes you. Well, Mr. K. Hinton, ordinarily in a situation like this, we would have to charge you, da-da-da-da-da. But you know what? I think we're going to just waive that fee. I knew you were. I knew you were going to do it. Because it distinguishes you. Number three. Some of you are looking at me like I'm weird. I am. Favor puts an end to all lack in your life. Whatever it is, puts an end to it. Listen to what God said to Israel when they were coming out of Egypt. He said, and I will give this people favor in the sight of the Egyptians, and it will be when you go and that you shall not go out empty-handed. Now, it's an interesting thing. Most people today manipulate others out of their money. They sell you something, say, you've got to have this, only $19.95, but wait, there's more. And they'll give you another one. And you go, wow, I'm going to call, man. This, I was about to do it for $19.95, but now they're going to put two of them in there? Then all of a sudden they say, no, wait, we're going to put in a third one today. Special offer only? Only while operators are standing by, you've got the next five minutes to call. You say, honey, i got to call. Some people get your money like that. Some get your money by telling you whatever in church. People, people know how to get your money. But, you know, this is an interesting thing. God said, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to favor you and put an end to lack to the degree that all you have to do is walk up to your neighbor and say, excuse me, can I have your savings account? Now, this is what Egypt did. This is what Israel did. Now, I know this sounds crazy, but if you read the account, all, all that Israel did is knocked on their neighbor's door and say, hello, you know that necklace I saw you wearing at the dance last Friday? I, 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 can I have that? Sure, I, you know, I thought led to give it to you last Friday and didn't, but here you go, baby, and put it right on her neck. She walked out, went to the next door. Hello, can I have that Rolex I've seen you? Yeah, sure, put it on. Ooh, that looks good on you. I'm so happy for you. It's like, what in the world is going on? Favor will what? It'll keep you from trouble. Number two, what will it do? It'll distinguish you among everyone else. And number three, it'll put an end to lack in your life. You see, ladies and gentlemen, it's all predicated on, number one, being addicted to God's kingdom. And number two, sowing seeds of favor. When you and I make the dust and the stones of this world our priority, God bestows favor on you. And so I'm saying, what are you waiting on? Get involved in the church. Get involved in prayer. Get involved in ministry. Get involved in the kingdom of God. Let it be the first thing that you do every day of your life. I believe the paradigm shift is here in the kingdom of God. I believe that we're seeing a release of something that has been held back for years in Northeastern Ohio. It's not your skill. It's not your knowledge. It's not your connections. It's not your speed that will produce divine favor. This is what Ecclesiastes says, and I'll close with this. He said, I returned and saw under the sun that race is not to the swift, nor the battle to the strong, nor bread to the wise, nor riches to men of understanding, nor favor to the men of skill. But time and chance happened to them all. Solomon understood something. You and I, we don't get strength out of our own life. We can't run this race on our own. You and I can't be wise enough to buy bread. Riches don't come necessarily from men. We understand that without the favor of God, we are hopeless. I don't know what tomorrow holds. 
I don't know where America's headed. I don't know when you wake up tomorrow if your world will be changed forever. I do know this. You get addicted to the kingdom of God, you begin sowing seeds of favor. It won't matter if the floodwaters come. It won't matter what prison you find yourself in. Because favor will always promote you from a captive to a captain. And I speak that over our church this day. I declare great favor over our lives. Not without the addiction to the kingdom, nor without the sowing of seeds of favor. But today the Holy Spirit will begin to move upon our lives. And we will begin to see the transformation take place. No longer addicted to the things of this world. One of my favorite hymns that we used to sing so often is talking about going higher in God. It talks about seeking the kingdom of God and not being allured by the things of this world. And so whether you've had trinkets in the world that's caught your attention are church trinkets. And there are a lot of those. And if you want to know a little bit about that, check out Thursday night's message. Because today, we, our focus has been turned. And because our focus has been turned, we're captives instead of captives. And how many want to walk in the high calling of Christ Jesus? Amen? Let's bow our heads. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray, God, that even now, the blessing of the Lord upon the people of God Father, that their lives would never be the same after this message this morning. I'm believing, Father, this is a prophetic word. This isn't just another sermon. This is a moment in time when we are being face-to-face with the heart of God, with the word of the Lord for a generation and for a region. I pray today, Father, that we would receive it as a prophetic word and we would respond as a word from God and not just from a long, tall preacher, but it was from God. And we'll take it for heart. We'll talk with our families about how we can encourage our addiction to the kingdom. That we can talk with our children on how we can sow seeds of favor. Because we want to see this generation preserved from trouble. We want to see our children distinguished from all others. We want to witness poverty and lack under our feet. God, I'm asking this this morning that you would touch every man, woman, boy, and girl in this room and cause them to rise up in a new level. 